This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. All right, welcome back. I am Rich. And I am Paul. And today we are talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, or as I'm calling it, Solo, a Star War. <laughs> it's, it's $20. Go see a Star War. <laughs> and I know she doesn't have the yeah, 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 accent, It just sounds right? better when but you do it But it just sounds way. better when you do yeah. it that way. I know exactly who you're talking about. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, you know. It just sounds better that way. It feels like someone named Lucille might have a voice like that. So, you know. And who would say something like that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Go see Estella. <laughs> yeah. So we decided to, after our quest into the far, far reaches back in the yeah. Legends universe, we decided to do a palate cleanser. And this is, this is my version of a palate cleanser. We're returning to familiar characters at least. Yeah. And a palate cleanser in the in that there is like the force is nowhere to be seen. Right. In this movie. Right. No Jedi. Very, no force. Very well, like the subject matter is so different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Way yeah. way way off the beaten path of the force and all the all the normal things that you would see. Although we do see. Bum, bum, bum. A well, we're gonna spoil the living fuck out of this, like we do with everything else. Just so you know. So if you haven't seen Solo yet. Get on Disney Plus and watch it. If you haven't seen a two-year-old movie yet, yeah. you're, what the fuck's wrong with you? No. Yeah, yeah, the hell, man. <laughs> hey, 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 don't alienate our two listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I've got a, I wrote up a, uh, yeah, do it. Rich, thingy here. by the way, by the way, dude, like your, your synopses, yeah. you crush it every time. <laughs> so, so keep going with that mojo is my, is my thing. This one's not nearly as succinct as the other ones were because there are, I mean, there's so much else going on in this movie than there were yeah. in those, those yeah. issue, five-issue series. Yep. So basically, we open with swashbuckling Ruffy and Han, not yet solo, mm-hmm. and his love interest, Kira, as they run cons and grifts for Lady Proxima, a worm-like underworld boss on Han's home planet of Corellia. Han uses his coaxium find to break free of Proxima's rule and make a break with Kira to get off-world. At the Imperial-controlled sp- spaceport, Han and Kira get separated, and Han vows to return to Corellia to free his lover. To do this, and to escape the Imperials and gangsters that are hunting him, Han joins the Imperial Navy, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, with the aspirations <laughs> of becoming a pilot. Uh, his recruiter gives him the last name Solo, which I thought was a cop-out. That and was we'll bullshit, but we'll that get into that. Bu- that was bullshit. bullshit. Um, he gives him that name because Han has no people. These aspirations, or Han's aspirations to be a pilot are dashed when he learns that his attitude doesn't mesh with the Imperial Academy, and he quickly finds himself a foot soldier on a backwater planet where he runs into smuggler Beckett and his crew. Han wants to join up, but Beckett has, thrown, has him thrown in the Imperial Stockade where Han meets his interspecies life mate, Chewbacca, and we learn that Han can not only understand the Wookiee language, but he can also speak it a little. I don't know. Han and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Han and Chewie team up with Beckett and crew after Beckett decides to give Han a second chance, mostly because he thinks that Chewie will be of uh, great assistance in their next heist. Scheme. Right. So the, the gang heads to Vandor 1 to steal a shipment of coaxium. There, two members of Beckett's crew, Rio and Beckett's wife, Val, die in the effort as they are attacked by Enfys Nest and her cloud riders. The Coaxium lost, Beckett, Han, and Chewie travel to meet Dryden Voss, a gangster, with the Crimson Dawn. Now, we've seen Crimson the Dawn. They're back, motherfuckers. There, there they also discover Kira, now a member of Crimson Dawn and working with Voss. Crimson Dawn. <laughs> Good. <laughs> whoever, who, by the way, in this yeah. episode, whoever says that, the other person must say Crimson Dawn. <laughs> Sold. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Han convinces Voss to let him and Beckett try to steal a huge amount of unrefined coaxium on Kessel. Kira brings Han to meet Lando Calrissian, a smuggler, and ask him to borrow his ship. Han loses to Lando in a Sabak match. But Lando agrees to help with the coaxium heist for a portion of the profits anyway. 
accompanied by Chewie and L337, Lando's droid co-pilot slash lover. It totally works. <laughs> yeah. They head to Kessel. There, the gang steals coaxium while L3 leads a fucking droid revolt. You're fucking right. I was, I was, <laughs> I was scrolling furiously as that was going on. <laughs> Proclaiming that droids are sentient. She is fatally damaged in the ensuing battle, however, and Lando hotwires her into the Nava computer on the Falcon, and the group makes the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs, landing, while badly damaged, on Ser- Severine, I think is the name of the planet, to process the coaxium. And Fisnest arrives, revealing that she and her crew are with the Rebel Alliance. Han is sympathetic to their cause and tries to double-cross Voss, but it backfires with Beckett taking the coaxium and hands life buddy Chewie. Kira kills Voss, Han kills Beckett, Kira, steal, Kira reports to her real boss, Maul of Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn! <laughs> As Han and Chewie seek out Lando for a rematch of Sabacc, Han beats Lando this time, winning the Falcon, and he and Chewie head for Tatooine in search of some big gangster who's putting together a crew. There we go. That is Solo. All right, guys, that was the podcast. Uh, I just told you the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And now a dramatic dramatic reading of Solo, a Star Wars story (laughs) by Rich (laughs) Dunn. Yes, totally. So, uh, so let's talk about this. This, this, I was ready for us to talk about this with all of our talk about droids and being sentient and, yeah. and all this other shit. I you wanted just, you, you were just to, fucking sitting on that, weren't you? I you was were like, I was you're like, oh, wait till we get to Solo and then we'll talk I, about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, one of the, one of, like, I didn't mind this movie. I thought it was all right. I had some problems with shit like, you know, oh, the Imperial officer names him Solo. Well, that's convenient yeah. and stupid. And the fact that they like focus in on those dice so long, so many times, they're like every yeah. fucking every other like scene, there's like because oh, the, the dice. Because in the like, okay, so this this gets to you. You kind of jumped right to one of my pet peeves because I'm largely in the same place as you is in terms of like the movie was okay. Yeah. So focusing on the dice and things like that, there is there's a limit to which a piece of work can be referential to other pieces of work before all of the pinpricks of that deflate the thing. Yes. I would right? have to agree with that. So, yeah. so there's, and there, and this movie is just like stuffed with them, stuffed with them. Yeah. yeah. The, the L337 goes, they don't serve our kind here, which is, right. which like seems like a weird way to say it until you go, Oh, right. That's just a call out to right. a new hope yeah. when the guy says, we don't serve, we don't serve their kind here. Right. Right. There, the focus on the, like in the OG Star Wars trilogy, the dice are not important at all. No, they're just kind of there. They're there, but they're not important. Right. So, and then, and then, even in the even in the sequel trilogy, they become more than they ever were, and yeah. now they're even more than they ever were. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I mean, it's okay to have a better story for things like that, mm-hmm. I guess. But I felt that. Other reasons aside, this movie could never rise to like great, great, or even great under the weight of bending over to make reference to things. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Yep. Because at some point, Star Wars is going to be big enough that you could make a whole movie out of nothing but lines from other movies <laughs> that you've stitched together. And this is yeah. so yeah. I'm being facetious right now, but take, take for example, this is busting out of solo for a second here, but yeah. take for example the the line the the lines that Leia says in Rise of Skywalker. Which uh, those things, all of her lines in Rise of Skywalker, all of Leia's lines are like smushed in from like prior recordings and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. They, so so the scenes bend over to make those words make sense in the scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And it comes out ringing slightly off right now this one doesn't have to do that much bend over work right but bending over backward i don't i don't mean bending over like to take it in the rear or whatever i mean like (laughs) bending over i mean bending over backward to to sort of stuff in like some innocuous thing that (laughs) damn it how did i get there again (laughs) shit 
Well, I don't know how you're doing that when they're bending over backwards, but you, yeah. know, Oof. you think you have to bend more, over forwards. That makes it more difficult. You've or, got to be a bit of an acrobat. to. Or you're not stuffing them in where you thought you were stuffing them. <laughs> 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 ah, shit. Now I lost my train of thought here. I'm but sorry. I'm the, sorry. The, 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 bending over backwards to stuff things in. <laughs> so, so, so Rise of Skywalker bends over got backwards. Got him right back there. Good. <laughs> for some of Leia's lines that were already recorded but not filmed they were not composed the way they were shot. Right. She recorded lines and then the scene was constructed to make it viable for her to say those things. Right. right? right. And so it loses some of the weight. And this one doesn't have quite that, but it does have a, that little bit of a sense of like, let's, we got to make sure we say a few things that like tickle the balls of like a few other movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's like just a pet peeve of mine. And again, like it's for me, I said again, but I, it's not like I've said this before, but I'm just going to say it again. Um, like, it's not bad to do it some. If it's yeah, like, absolutely. if it's like sprinkly, but this one was like, I just felt like this one had too much of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I'm 100% with you on that. 100% with you on that. Now, all that being said, I have those fucking dice. <laughs> <laughs> they sell them at Galaxy's Edge and Disney World, and I, I fucking got some. And it's not well, well, yeah, but I mean, it's not like, and it's not like I'm saying that it's wrong to think the dice are cool. No, no, not at all. I'm saying like they made them into a thing, and I don't know. It's okay to make them into a thing, but also like it, we're we're getting we're getting closer and closer to that territory where a piece of Star Wars work is nothing but references to other Star Wars works. Yeah, right. I think that what you've got is you've got kind of. A situation where, I mean, we already live in a time when so much of, say, media and social media is references to other things. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So I think this maybe maybe that's just a, a sign of the times. But I would think, look, they've got they had such a great writing pedigree on this film. I mean, Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan and his son. And his son, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, so the story goes that Lawrence Kasdan started writing it with his son, but then had to abandon ship for something else. I don't remember what it was. And so his son had to wrap it up, basically. Okay. So I don't know if that's why there's less of an oomph to the script or Mm -hmm. what. Or the other thing is that this was part of a planned trilogy. So this is the the intro chapter to a three-part story that we're never going to get. At least they've said so. They they they've put everything kind of on hold, so we may never get. I guess I should say. Okay. So, okay. I just I expected a little bit more from Lawrence Kasdan, I guess. So, so along the lines of that trilogy bit, that's interesting. I didn't know that. What is the time frame of this film in comparison to A New Hope? Uh, it is not too far away from A New Hope. I don't think Crimson Dawn. I think Crimson Dawn. I fucking said it before I even thought about <laughs> it. And I knew it was going to happen. Anyway, that one crime syndicate, they <laughs> they are in Rebels, aren't they? They're in Is well, it they, Rebels? The, the, the even the episodes that we watched of Clone Wars. Yeah, they're Maul, in that. That's Maul right. Yes. He started it in that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. So, boy, I don't know. This movie doesn't give you an exact time frame. I mean, no, I, I mean, it really clearly, it's, clearly it's trying to be relatively close to A New Hope because, because the way I was left thinking was, oh, Han and Chewie are jetting off to Tatooine. And what do they do? One run with Jabba and then get in wrong with Jabba and then we find ourselves at A New Hope? Is that, or, or is there more between running into, like, going to Tatooine yeah, and doing things. And then we're at a new hope after various other misadventures. And I don't know. I don't think there was an answer given in the film anyway. Okay. So this looks like this takes place just after, eh, it looks like maybe six or seven years after revenge of the Sith. Maybe. Okay. If that, if that, if that, Thing that I was just looking at is to be believed, I guess. Is what because the movie left me thinking, oh, is this getting relatively close to before A New Hope? But the sense that you get in A New Hope is that 
Han and Chewie have been like modding the Millennium Falcon and like doing adventures for at least a little bit right. before yeah. you know stuff happens there and then all stuff. I would say that it, I would say that five or six years after yeah. Revenge of the Sith is a good placement for it. Yeah. Just mentally. Yeah. Yeah, because then you've—I mean—that gives you another fifteen years before a new hope starts. Yeah, and I mean, Han and Chewie could be running shit for fifteen years. Why yeah. not? Right, fifteen years is plenty of time to figure out that you're, you know your interspecies life mates and all. You know. Yeah. Okay, so tidbit that I didn't know and wasn't expecting: there was no crawl. Yep, there's no crawl. Um, which I'm assuming is just a thing for the the non-saga movies. Yes, right. it is. Yeah, and in fact, Rogue One has no crawl either. So, okay, so Rogue One, which I also haven't seen, which we should do as well. Yes, we should. And Solo have no crawl. But, like, all of the games have crawls. Yeah. Yep. Right? So, what's the rule on having a crawl? Wait, you is there I mean? a crawl? I don't remember. Is there a There's crawl? There's a crawl in... in Knights of the Old Republic. Well, there is a Knights of the Old Republic. Is there one in... Um, I'm pretty sure there's one in Fallen Order. Fallen Order? Really? I'm going to think so. I can play that again. Now I got it. Now, I, hopefully I don't have to take that back because I'm, I feel like there was a crawl there. Well, I feel like if you're going to posit something like that, Paul, you should at least I better know for fucking, sure. I better fucking go back and... But fucking anyway, the... No. <laughs> but so, so um, there's a crawl in Jedi Outcast. Yeah. There's yep. a crawl in Jedi Academy. There's a crawl um, in Force Unleashed. Shit, I mean, there's a crawl in all the comic books. <laughs> yeah, there's a crawl in the fucking... There, and it, which can't even crawl, by the way, because right. it's, it's static. It's a right. picture. And um, yet, we still... We, I look at it, and I'm like, a, wow, look at that. Oh, there's a crawl. Oh, right by. And they kind, of, they kind of sort of forego that anyway by having the blue text basically be the crawl anyway. Right. right? They right. have like five or six screens of blue text with the all caps for characters and things anyway. So like, right. it's like they're trying to say something about their not with their not being a crawl, but they're just making a different kind of crawl anyway. So who cares? Right. Sure. Yeah. And thought that was, I don't know, somewhat interesting, but not whatever. <laughs> so the actor who plays Han Solo. Yeah. What'd you think of him? He gave me the sense that he's a pretty good actor, yeah. but he, he didn't fit Han Solo quite to me. I felt that way the first time I saw it. After okay. seeing it two other times, I was like, "Man, he's all right." Because, like, you can uh, for, for me in my in my watching experience of it, he's mm-hmm. like he's clearly a talented actor. Yeah, he just didn't quite have like Harrison Ford Han Solo qualities to him. Okay, right. I mean, he's not Harrison Ford, so whatever. Okay, just because you're not Harrison Ford doesn't mean that you can't have some of the same types of ticks or right. whatever that Harrison Ford I mean, has. I mean, look at look at the Ewan McGregor is Ewan McGregor. Yeah, is the canonical example of this. Right. Well, and then to and if you if even you even just let's let's leave Star Wars for a minute and go to Indiana Jones like a sister series here, in Indiana yeah. Jones and the Last Crusade, River Phoenix plays young Indiana Jones, and he has a lot of Harrison Ford Harrison Ford ticks. Yeah, Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones moments like ticks. And right. Moments. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think that they would want that. Yeah. But they don't, we don't get that. I do remember the first time I saw it being disappointed in the actor for not feeling more Han Solo. I kind of I released the actor from blame for that. And I just was more like, you know, I guess they're just deciding not to like push the, the Han Solo text, I guess, here. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Because the reason, I, the reason I say that is that like, I felt like the actor is a competent actor. He just wasn't hmm. doing Harrison Ford things very right. much. Yeah, so he wasn't he wasn't being Harrison Ford. He was trying to make Han Solo his own, which I mean that's all fine and good, but what what comes after still needs to, to jive with what you're doing right now, you know? If it's going to be at all, you know, yeah, continuity bound yeah. because I mean, we're going to see Han in about 15 years and he's going to be very specific in a certain way, yeah. you know? I do appreciate that they that they let Han shoot first. The, well, I wrote this down. I don't know if you can see my paper here. The la- oh, well, of course uh, not. Zoom up. blanks it out. But my very, my very last note says Han shot first. <laughs> which, which, um, by the way, I when that controversy arose, I was not because that was when Lucas released like some some one of those intermediate edits of yeah. the original. Yeah. And I was not, 
I wasn't really a Star Wars guy too much th- then. Okay. So that controversy passed me by a little bit. <laughs> I always found the controversy to be amusing because it's not Han shooting first. It, Han's the only one that shot. Yeah. Han I mean, shot. Let's be honest here. Yeah, Han shot. Yeah. Ooh, that's it. Period. End of story. Yeah. There is no first or second in that scenario. <laughs> Greedo didn't get a shot off. Yeah. He got blasted. He, he got blasted. Han simply shot. So, but, so, but the reason I also, the reason I wrote that down was that that also, again, was like, it also had that little whiff of like, we're, by the way, guys, yeah. we're, we're winking at the audience here too. Right. 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 Um, yeah. You know, and if that's, and see, the thing is, I hate to keep, I hate to keep beating this dead horse. Like Beat. if that's, if that's <laughs> the that one, horse. if that's the, <laughs> if that's the one or two things you wink at, that's awesome. Yeah. If it's yeah. like one of 64 winks. Right. That it's just a little much. I know? feel like I feel like this is what almost all of Disney's Star Wars movies have had as far as a problem goes. Yeah. Because if you yeah. think about the Rise of Skywalker was like a never-ending slew of like nods to shit that went on before. Yeah. The yeah. and like the last Jedi felt fresh. Rogue One felt fresh, okay. but the but the other two and this movie did not feel. Well, well, the first one's just a remake of A New Hope to begin with. Yeah, right? yeah. Force Force Awakens is <laughs> simply a remake of A New Hope. You know. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not finding myself like turning on the Disney you know Star Wars at all. I mean, I, there are things that I like about it. There's things yeah. that I don't like. You know, yeah. the way we've always talked about it is. We're going to pull what's going to be canon and what's not. But I do find that they tend to be like, hey, remember the Death Star over Endor? Look at that, right? Let's have a big old battle right in the middle of it. What? <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Now yeah. let's do it. All right. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Did, you catch the, did you catch the actor portraying Rio? What, which one was Rio? Rio was the uh, alien guy. Well, alien. Everybody's an alien, right? This is. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. But the guy, the driver, the, the pilot guy with like pilot, four arms. Yeah, yeah, the pilot with four arms. I didn't that know who the actor was. Was it, was it John John Favreau? Ah, it was John Favreau. Okay, and and I've I, this is remember I told you a while ago that there was one character that that pronounces it pronounces Wookie weird. There he is. Wookie. Wookie. <laughs> Yeah, you've never had a better nap than when you're curled up with a Wookie. A uh, what now? <laughs> Fuck is a Wookie. <laughs> I wrote it down. I don't know. Hopefully you can see it, but I wrote it down. Ah, uh, you can't. I wrote it down. Uh, Zoom. W-U-K-E-Y. <laughs> Wookie. Wookie. Let's talk about this Wookie thing. So, all right. I want to know. This is what, like, I've been, I, like, I, like we've said, I've had this in my back pocket here. Once, once we got to this, especially because of all the talk about droid revolution and droid, you know, sentience and like droids are being mistreated and blah, blah, blah. How did you feel about that? How did you feel about the fact that there is a character who thinks along the lines of you? Yeah. And it's like, fuck this. We're going to take over. We're going to, we're going we're gonna, to, we're going to get our revenge. You know, how did you feel about it? So I was, as, as that started to happen, cause, cause it didn't it like, so L337 doesn't set out to start the revolution when they when they go to Kessel. No, no, right? she doesn't set out. L337 that way. is just like get out of my way, you little shit. I'm right. trying to do terminal stuff, right? Right. But then she like takes the restraining bolt off the little R2ish, R4ish, whatever unit that right. is in front of the thing, and then he's like, oh, she's like, well, just go start the rebellion or whatever. Who, who cares? Get out of my way, right? Yeah. And then the but so 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 what what continues to support the thesis and what I think the writers were saying anyway too is like all of the droids kind of feel this way because as soon as they were given the chance, they were all like, <laughs> let's wreck shit. <laughs> right? They were like, yes, you're right. L337. It does suck to be your straining bolted and whatever. <laughs> yes. I, I would yeah. have to agree with that. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if in the droid community, L337 is a bit of a martyr. Yeah. I wonder if she's maybe not like, you know, like the droid civil rights, you know, movement I mean, person, you know, the, I loved it. Honest to God, I loved it. I loved it the I first time totally, I saw it. I, 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 don't, don't get me wrong. I loved it too. I loved it. Yeah. And they did a good job of making it like mesh with the, the overall plot too, rather than just being right. like a, 
a C plot that went nowhere, right? It, 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 j- it jived right in with the, yep. the breakdown of Kessel and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so it was, it was great. Yeah. There was a moment before that. So they're, they're, they're walking with Lando. Yeah. When, at, when they're going to see the Falcon. Yeah. And originally. he's like, and Lando's like, well, I thought about having her memory wiped, but then she knows all these navigational stuff. Yeah. So, so clearly, clearly Lando is still not quite there. Lando's not quite there yet. Right. In terms even though of he's like, banging the droid. <laughs> even though he's fucking the droid. Yeah. However that works. Yeah. Um, I mean, dro- it, we know it, droids it can have, droids can have many attachments. It's totally fine. Right. right. <laughs> droids are USB three compatible. So, um, you can put anything there. <laughs> got inputs, they got outputs. <laughs> they got inputs and outputs like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> this droid here is nothing but outputs. Yeah. So, but, but, so Lando's not quite there, but it's, it also, it like, maybe Lando gets there a little more when, when L337 kicks the bucket. Right. In the, in the droid revolution. Cause he, maybe. he goes running to the battle. He, he, he gets himself injured just to Trying bring her to, back. Yeah. Bring her back. To yep. Bring her back. Right. And is clearly showing remorse uh, when, when L337 like finally does expire. And then is of course happy when L337 can be part of the ship's computer. Although I was hoping that when that happened, you'd have, we'd have like a voiceover L337. Like they could be like, Hey L3, are we going the right way to, to the maw or whatever right and she'd be like you dum-dums turn left or you know what i mean but it, lando was like reading off the chart you know the screen yeah. thing he wasn't yeah oh so i was hoping that she could like become a personality inside the falcon except that wouldn't work because then where did she go right before the other movies right so the, the uh the the running theory though is that she is still part of the falcon it was on Reddit, actually. One of the one of the subs for Star Wars, many subs for Star Wars on Reddit. They point out that in the original trilogy, Han says something about talk to the ship, you know, and and, and do something. I don't oh, remember yeah. exactly what it is. And C three PO turns to exactly that area where they place L 3s uh, Navi computer yeah. information, right? So I'm sure they placed it there for that specific reason, but that is. I think that's a I think that's a symbol or a symbol. I think that's a I think that signifies that that L three is still part of the ship. That she is still alive in that yeah. way. Yeah, you know, that's okay. That's cool. That's that's yeah. good. That's cool. Yeah. So so overall, super glad that they did that. Yeah. Super glad that it became a thing because like clearly the the writers were in the same category as us noticing that droids are <laughs> yes. talking about feeling pain all the time and stuff right right, right. um <laughs> so i thought it was i thought it was great it was it was very interesting too to, to, where, there was a scene where l3 talks to hira about l 3s like hey that that human is totally digging on you little missy right and then and then kira's like well what about lando and l is like oh it it happens yeah oh, oh it does oh, <laughs> Oh, we fuck. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but that takes out a very human quality too, right? Or a yeah. very a very sentient quality to that mm-hmm. that yeah. process there. Um, Definitely. The thing that I really love about this whole idea that, that that droids are sentient is that nobody's really doing anything with it, and so it's this whole area of Star Wars that they could really open up. They could really could. I mean, and it, and look, Ryan Johnson's still doing his movie arc maybe there could be something about that in there. you didn't know about ryan johnson i didn't know that movie? oh yeah ryan johnson is going to be doing a three movie series separate from the saga film separate from everything i think the idea is that it was supposed to like kind of hinge off of like that final scene in the last jedi with the kid with the broom fuck yes <laughs> i'm so glad you told me i didn't know that ah, yeah i'm, that, I'm pretty me, sure that was... that's still going to me, to me, that was God damn it. Here I go again, riffing on Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker when we're talking about Solo. But to <laughs> me, that was to me that was like one of the most significant broken bridges between yeah. Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker was the the kid, yeah. right, and what that means for the rebellion and that kind of stuff. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't mean to drag us into that too much. That's okay. That's like, no, that's fine. That's that, I'm so glad for that. Yeah. Ryan, yeah. Ryan, do your thing. Include the droids. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan. I'm starting a Twitter campaign right now. Ryan, <laughs> free the droids. We will tweet. Oh, you know what? I'm going to tweet right at him. 
When I, I, mean, when I, I put I, this episode up, I will tweet at him. So there's two things I think actually. There's there's one in universe in the Tales of the Jedi. There is a brief mention in one of the earlier books of a droid uprising of some sort. Oh yeah, that's but right. Yeah. There, it just it, it just goes right by. Nothing right. happens at it. In the Dune universe, did you ever read Dune? I read oh, okay. I read half of the first book. Okay. And then I saw the David Lynch movie, and I was like. <laughs> in the in the uh, Dune in the Dune universe, so you know how in Dune they have like the Mentats yep. who do all yep. of the calculations and stuff because mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. They used to have computers in that universe and robots and droids and stuff. And then there was a thing called the Butlerian Jihad, which was a droid uprising oh, in right the on, Dune okay. universe when they were like, we're not we're not building conscious computers anymore. We're not doing that. Okay. So that, okay. that's why they have like the Mentats who take the spice to guide them on the navigation and stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's because they don't they they're against making computers in that universe right. for that very reason. Anyway, they're just two things that spring to mind when we talked about that. I, I got to get back to that at some point and read. Oh yeah, me too. All of Dune because here's the thing: they got a new like two movie arc coming out of. Yeah. Movie. They're adapting it big time. So the Kessel Run. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Is that what you had envisioned when you, when we, like when we're kids and we're listening, oh, I made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, which isn't a measure of time, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all know that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody yeah. listening to this podcast probably knows that. But anyway, yeah. did it live up to your expectations, this, so, this version? Let me say this. I knew they were going to address it, and I didn't know it would include the Maw, which also right. is a part of the Jedi Academy stuff. Right, yeah. So cool that they built they they built that in, I think. Which again, legend stuff coming into canon. Yeah, exactly. Like they're just like like it's not gone and we're going to just pluck from it and pull it back in as we need, right? Yeah. Doing the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. I didn't have any expectations because I knew it would be something that was other than just the Millennium Falcon being fast. Okay. You know, overall, I was okay with it, okay. I guess. All right. Yeah. I'd, another word, maybe, the, maybe this. I don't know how I would change it because it does have a Han Solo-ish quality of like escaping danger while also doing something remarkable, right? Right, right. And then like a, a mid-flight hack, right? Yeah. Of like yep. dumping the raw coaxium into the, into the nuclear fusion thing. Although, like, let's be real. There's no in no universe is that really a thing. Where like you just open the fusion reactor and you're like, let's put what? a different let's put a different thing in there and see what happens, right? What? Come That's, on, <laughs> happens all the time. So it happens I, all the time. I, it was I, that, that. <laughs> I see people putting diesel in their regular cars, the regular unleaded cars, all the time. I mean, it doesn't yeah. work, but I see them do it. So, <laughs> be honest. No, I I agree. It, I understand. It, it, but yeah, it, it didn't disappoint me, but it, it didn't like, it did also, I guess it didn't like electrify me, I guess, okay. but it didn't, it okay. didn't disappoint me though. I it don't was, think there was, I don't think there was much about this movie to be electrified about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe, that's maybe true. Maul showing up at the end. I was not expecting Maul at the end of this I movie. was not either. When I first saw this in theaters, I was like, the fuck? <laughs> the, the weird thing about that is... He shows up, but it's like it has no consequences, too, though. Right. Well, you know that's I mean? like, part of that whole they're going to make two other movies or we're going to make Oh, them. that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. So then, okay, I take that back. I, yeah. I do take that back. I honestly take that back. Yeah. Because, because it was constructed with the, with the thought of, like, that will mean something again yeah. in the next one. Or I, I really hope that they follow this up because I need to know. I mean, I feel like we've got, you know, Han at this point then. Han's story has a huge gap in it. Yeah. Um, from at the end of at the end of Solo, he still has feelings for Kira. Where's the closure to that? Where does that end? Right? Yeah. And beyond that part of it, what's the implication of Kira studying under or working under Maul directly? What's that? What is that? Yeah. You know, I mean, because there's there's gonna be it was said with such gravitas that Yeah. That there, the the implication was there that that would mean something, right? Yeah. And so I feel like that's a huge dangling thread. Does she become somebody else later? Is she, 
going to is Han going to have to kill her? Is there more to this? You know, there is yeah. obviously there's more to this. Well, yeah, okay. So that's like so even just knowing that there was the intention of Solo two and Solo three, the final Battle. solo, right or whatever. <laughs> um, the final solo, the the face melting guitar solo at the end. <laughs> the, because have it just because, be have it just be fucking Leonard Skinner. <laughs> because because it's also a known thing that unless I'm like fucking stupid, it didn't come up in this movie. The the life debt, even yeah. though there were there were some moments of like, oh, they kind of help each other out, right? Right, right. There was no clear moment of Chewie like. Han Solo, I swear to you that I will be with you forever because I owe you a right. life debt, a Wookiee life debt. You would think that that would come up later because the, the idea, as I understood it when I was a kid, the idea was Han freed Chewie from imperial slavery, and that's why he owed him this life debt. Isn't that what the? Isn't that what was said in? Um, oh shit! You probably didn't read this. Did you read the um, the Yuuzhan Vong? series? No. I don't remember what it's called. Okay, no. there was the. Okay, so there was a book, it, the very first book in that series and Chewie dies in that book. Like he gets oh. a fucking moon dropped on him basically. Hello. Yeah. Hi-yo. Spoilers, but there's like this all, I mean, they, they build up to it. You know where it's going, but when, as they're, as they're talking about, it, they're talking about this life debt and it has to do with the fact that he freed him from basically Imperial slavery, which is why Chewie is always going off in this movie, going off to like save other Wookiees from Imperial slavery, you know? Right. trying to make that point that that Wookiees are enslaved by or Wookiees are enslaved by the Wookiees the, are enslaved yeah by the uh, by the Imperials I guess maybe maybe so potentially Han's rescuing of Chewie at the beginning counts as the thing right maybe I don't know but whether that counts or not I expect them to like discuss it somehow. right yeah you know? because Han's got to be aware of it right? yeah Han's got to be aware that yeah. a, that Chewie owes this life debt, and yet there's no mention of it. So I'm no I would I would expect that there would be and other and stuff. see there must be something else because some other some other flavor of it because Chewie on Kessel Chewie runs off with the expectation that he may not ever see Han again. Right. You know what That's I mean? True. Yeah. So so either the life debt you know has a loophole in it or whatever, where like you know. Maybe he also had them left out or whatever. I don't know what it is, but like, or that's not, or, or the life debt hasn't been formally set up yet somehow. Either way, we, I, it, with a trilogy, I would expect that they would address that somehow. So did you catch that Terrace Kasi mention? No. So no. when, when Kira does like ninja moves and yeah. beats up uh boss. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's like, where'd you learn that? And she's like, Terrace Kasi. Terrace Kasi is, a reference to there was a video game called Masters of Terrascasi, which was a Star Wars Street Fighter. What? Yep. How come I don't know yep. about this? I don't know. It, it, it was very, it was, it had poor, I never played it. I just heard about it. Yeah. But, but it was a game where you could be like Luke Skywalker or Vader or whoever. And it was just a beat em up like Street oh. Fighter. Okay, so what? And, uh, do you, any idea what what system that was on? Or oh my god, or? it it was at best Nintendo sixty four. Oh god, that sounds Something fantastic. Like that. Um, Masters of what? Terras Kasi. T e r a s. Ah, I see it. Here we go. Terrace yeah. <laughs> oh, oh lord. Yeah. PS one. Oh, PS one. Okay. So I have rough, a PS one. I mean, same generation as 64. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have um, I have a PS1 downstairs. Yeah, well, good luck getting your hands on a Terrascasi copy. I don't know, maybe well, you can I'm, find one. I'll try. Or, I, mean, I guess you could emulate it anyway, so who cares? But don't say um, that on the air. <laughs> I mean, for legal reasons, what Paul just said has been struck from the record. <laughs> there we go. Just use that. We'll be fine. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Cuz right cuz the, the MPAA is like watching closely the two of us right in our well, one, of, one of a billion podcasts out there the the meta podcasters are probably oh, yeah. pulling this information <laughs> and being like oh shit and they're gonna find the uh the the interdimensional police and send us send us <laughs> up the river so thanks oh, thanks a God. fucking lot paul we're gonna be we're gonna be <sighs> an interdimensional guantanamo bay thanks to we you. are we are fucked <laughs> okay rich <laughs> yeah What's the weakest part of this movie for you? 
Boy, it's hard to that's that's hard to quantify because this movie was so middle of the road for me. I sure. don't know that there's like a high point and a low point. All right, I'm just gonna I'll just go I'm gonna go here with this. The lowest point for me is the fact that Chewie doesn't get his due. This is a solo movie, right? It's solo, but there is no Han Solo without Chewbacca. And what we get is Han and his loyal sidekick, right? But Chewbacca yeah. is 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 a is a living, breathing being who has a backstory, right? We don't get any of that backstory. Yeah. We don't get we don't get to know any of that. We never get to know any of that because he gives yeah. everything up for Han first, then he gives everything up for the rebellion, then he gives everything up for the fucking resistance. It's like Chewie doesn't get to live his life. Chewie's just an accessory this whole time, right? This goes back to the whole Chewie never getting subtitled, right? Did you notice in this movie? Chewie doesn't get subtitled. But but did you notice that Han, Han does? Yes. When he speaks Wookiee, he gets subtitles. And the yet, sh- what? Come on, <laughs> Disney! You are being racist to yeah. Wookies. To one Wookie, one Wookie. <laughs> I guess Chewie seemed underserved. Yeah, he, he seemed he seemed vastly under underserved. That is actually that is a great point. That is a great point. Yeah, that, like and in fact, to me, that's to me that sticks out more. Than like the winks and nods and hand jobs to the fans, right? <laughs> jobs. <laughs> I mean, the uh, Han shooting first at the end is a hand job for the fans, right? Right, right. But yeah. but like to uh, like <laughs> that's a great that's that is a great point. Yeah. Chewbacca does not get his due. I don't think he ever will. I don't think he ever will. I think no. I think that Chewie. Why do we even call him Chewie? Because Han doesn't want to say his full fucking name. Oh, that was the other thing, by the way. Yeah. Th- that was kind of weird. Yeah. Han, Han's like, what's your name? And Chewie, like, growls a Wookiee growl. Right. And Han goes, Chewbacca? But, like, Chewie didn't say Chewbacca. Chewie <laughs> said growl, growl, growl. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not like it, like, it... <laughs> It translates there, as there, Chewbacca. There's no, maybe. there's no like. It's not. That's not how. That's not how names work, right? <laughs> if if I spoke Farsi, and no, and and I understood you, but I couldn't speak English or whatever, and right. you were like, "Hey, what's your name?" and I said something that sounded strange to you, but was clearly my name, you wouldn't go, "Oh yeah, John." Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> that's not. That's not right. That's not how that works? That's not how that works. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a, that's a damn good point. Yeah, he's just like Chewbacca. Just, and Chewie's like, fuck, I didn't say that. I didn't what say Chewbacca. I said growl, growl, growl. What, I can't do the Chewbacca noise. But yeah. like, he, he, made a Chew, he made a Wookiee noise. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Chewie. Well, you're not saying the name anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Okay, I'm with you on that to a degree, but but Chewbacca never says, "Hold up, no, no, it's not my name." <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so he's, I mean, he's probably just got that like he's got that like. And Fucking I'm not humans. Speaking, I'm not speaking from this point, but like, right? If if I was a person of color, I would be I would be accustomed to, if not supportive of, like oh, another fucking white guy just doing his white man thing, right? <laughs> And and I and, and so like it, again, I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm just saying that people of color have learned to deal with this in in that like it, you know like he, he probably just shrugs it off as like oh another human just being a human god right you know what mm-hmm. I mean like right doing doing white guy bullshit in in the Star Wars universe humans are the white people basically <laughs> right because they assume that everything is for them right you know right yes God. Yeah. Jesus. So I have, I think, one more little thing. Oh, two more little things. For such a huge galaxy, a huge galaxy, thousands <laughs> of planets. Yeah. Everyone seems to know everyone. I know. It's like, a small galaxy. Lando, Lando's like, oh, Beckett, you killed Aura Singh. How, like, how does Lando know all these people? Like, and, and how's Beckett like, oh, yeah, like, what the fuck is that? Where do we know the name Aura Singh from? I know that That's, name. That is one of the bounty hunters, I think, from 
the way I recognize it, I think, is from those Clone Wars episodes that we watched. Or no, no, the the comic. No, no, no. it was that comic. The comic, yes, the Darth Maul comic. Well, okay. Or a yeah, Singh yeah. was one yeah, yeah. of the bounty hunters that he was. That he was. That there were he was working were, with. Yeah, yeah. He was working with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why I know that name. I was like, man, or a Singh. I know that name. <laughs> but like, but like, why should Lando know Beckett or Aura Singh at all in a in a galaxy filled with trillions of people? How do these random people know each other? It's it's a galaxy of laughter and a galaxy of tears. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I like that. Yeah. And it's filled it's, with many things. It's a small galaxy after. And the, all. so my so my other so my other thing that is the last of my things, I think, <laughs> that that we haven't talked about, at least the larger things, is that I like Woody Harrelson. Yeah. As an actor, performer, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Woody, I think Woody Harrelson is kind of doing a Ewan McGregor here a little bit. In terms of like his character is sort of got some of these cliches built into it. Mm-hmm. So I literally I wrote down two cliches that he says. Or no, well, one cliche. He says, You want to know how I survived as long as I have? I trust no one. Yeah. Said every like ruffian character ever, right? Okay. That never happens. <laughs> that never happens. The other one was oh, and th- so this wasn't what he said, but like when he's when he's in that battle at the beginning, mm-hmm. and Han sees him, he, he's fucking finger twirling his blasters. Yeah, <laughs> like no, there is nobody. No, like RoboCop. Even even uh, even some cocky like bandit guy would not be doing that in the middle of an actual battle. Right, right. That makes no sense whatsoever. No, makes no sense. That's, that's, that's bullshit. You're absolutely right. So anyway, like, I, I liked, I think I, I mostly liked the character, and of yeah. course I liked, I liked his performance, but he had to deal with some cliche stuff. I went into this movie fully expecting Woody Harrelson to be way more distracting than he was. Oh, yeah. You know, because Woody Harrelson's yeah. Woody Harrelson, you know, yeah. I mean. Like you see him in in the Hunger Games, and you're like, "Oh, it's Woody Harrelson." Oh, Woody! You know? Hey, Woody! What's up, Woody? You know. Oh shit! I just thought about this. Woody Harrelson would also be in our Cheers multiverse. Dude. dude. Holy fuck, dude! Fucking hell! Because this combines the Cheers multiverse with the Star Wars universe, right? in a way that we haven't really thought about before. And well, and, and if, and if that does, does that, does that make our cheers killer verse also part of the Tommy Westfall universe? I'll bet it is. It has to be fucking hell. It, it branches out into well, because so cheers, many other mediums. Cheers is part of the Tommy Westfall universe. Right. So it already was part of it. Didn't yeah, it has to be. We didn't yeah. have to get to, didn't have to get Star Wars for it to be part of it. Mm-mm. No, but it so, back around. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the twistiest, turniest, fucking loopiest thing in the world. We gotta write this down someday. We need to, or or like I said, dig up that recording that we did. Oh fuck! Way back oh man, if we could find that, that would be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so I have now exhausted my hyperfuel uh, for this. <laughs> Your coaxium. <episode>. Yeah. <laughs> coaxium is is exhausted. Okay. I mine too. I'm I'm okay. pretty well done. Um, and, but also, well, actually, no. Actually, let me let me back up. Actually, no. Fuck you. You said we're done. We're done. Said, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that this was a good palate cleanser for the Tales of the Jedi stuff. Was I, I think so. it was it was so different. Had lots of good, lots of not so great stuff. Mm-hmm. Like super different feel and taste and all that stuff. Very gr- uh, great choice for palate cleanser. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I just, I knew we were getting to a spot where we're going to be able to kind of divert to another thing. And I just, I desperately wanted you to see the droid revolution. Yeah. That just, that just killed me, man. I oh just, my God. Uh, I fucking loved it. I loved it. So, okay. Before we, before we wrap, we are going to, dear listeners, we're going to be, <laughs> uh, both of you, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Now, we, we talk a lot on this podcast about Chewbacca and how he's constantly getting fucked by the greater uh, 
uh, universe of yeah. Star Wars and the, and the writers and the directors and the creators of Star Wars, not to mention the actual people that populate Star Wars. Chewie is yes. always getting yes. fucked. So we have decided that we're going to give away a trade paperback collection called Star Wars Chewbacca. It's by Jerry Dugan and uh, Phil Noto. And uh, it is a five-issue collected series all about Chewie. So Chewie may be getting his due. The way we're going to do this is we are going to give it away to someone who writes us a review. And once we have hit 20 reviews uh, combined on Podbean and on Apple and wherever else. Wherever else it's published. Wherever else it's published. (laughs) We're published on several different platforms. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, once we get to 20, we're going to pull a name out of the hat and we are going to contact that person and give away this fine comic. Which, by the way, I got at my local comic shop. My local comic shop, and I'm going to give them a shout out here because, uh, well, because it's only right. The, they are Issues Needed Comics in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Uh, they, are, they are a fine establishment. Uh, if you ever need a good read, go down there and talk to Jason and the guys, and they will, uh, they will hook you up. Any other thoughts on Solo before we... Uh, Dump the dump our uh, spice and uh, and head for our next uh, episode. <laughs> no. no, no, no other thoughts. Well, well, next we were gonna do we're gonna talk about Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, the the two thousand and three Bioware game. Yeah, Crimson I- Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, you didn't say it. I know, but I just thought uh, I'd throw yeah. it out there. That felt it appropriate somehow. Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later. <laughs>